All right, I am back after um, quite a few weeks away after taking some uh, some much needed time off uh, to grief the loss of uh, my mother um, at the end of August. Um, yes, it's been it's been a it's been a bumpy ride. Uh, do appreciate um, all those of you who've you know given your support and your sympathies through. Um, through the socials and through other means and uh really really is appreciative and does does help going through these trying times um just uh this is like my first first really big uh grief uh experience in my life so uh there's been a lot of great people close by give me some great support and then all the well wishes are always well appreciated and um so it's been it's, it's been tough um but um, you know, looking to to get back and uh, continue, you know, sharing sharing my life and ways for you to have your life be more fulfilling because uh, these challenges they inevitably kind of happen to all of us, and it really is it's about how we handle how we get through times like this. Uh, and I'm finding the more we do it together. And the more we look to those around us who maybe have gone through it before, uh, even though it's maybe there's there's nothing easy about some of these things that happen to us in life, it can be it can be easier, and we can find the good in it. And just like, um, yeah, I was able to find a lot of good uh, looking back over my relationship with my mother and her life and things like that, which kind of brings me to uh, today's today's episode where uh, I'm going to be sharing what I, I spoke at my mother's funeral in mid-September. So I'm going to share the, the audio of that, where um, like the, the theme that kind of really came to me about my mother's life was that she, in a lot of ways, was breaking away from that traditional living the life that you should and she, you know, more or less lived the life that she could, the life that she wanted. And I feel like that's one of the biggest lessons she passed on to me. And probably if she'd been around more, she probably would have uh, also also continued to teach me that, uh, you know, yeah, live the life that you want and also connect with people and love people and, um, yeah, be joyful with others. So that's why I'm wanting to share this with you with um because you've been listening um or you're you're starting to listen get to know me cuz really my my favorite radio shows uh, always growing up were ones where the 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 host really led us into their personal life like it wasn't just you know okay you're just listening to something that probably anybody could it's it was really like this is Howard Stern's show and Howard Stern is bringing his life and similar with Adam Carolla and you might have opinions about them whatever but they really brought a lot of who they are to it and that's kind of what I've been all about in my podcast is I want to really show up how I am with my life as much as possible so that you can see that I'm I'm a human living this human experience doing my best and uh, anything that I can learn I want to pass that on, whether it's uh, through direct lessons or maybe just you heard how I did something and you're like, oh shit, I don't want to, I don't want to fucking do that. So going to be sharing the recording and my dad, he would hate, I know he's going to hate 
this, but I'm going to do it anyway. I don't apologize because because uh, I will not be silenced. I will not be shamed. I will use my voice and I will do what I'm meant to do here and doing this podcast and sharing my life and my lessons with the people that are ready and wanting to hear it. That's what I'm here for. He, he, he said to me that like, hey, I don't get you monetizing your fucked up family. Um, you know, one, I don't see my family as fucked up. I just see it as, it's just a group of group of people that were born into, born into a unit. And, um, everybody was doing the best with what they had and everybody's learning their lessons. And, um, yeah, it's, do people make mistakes? Do people say mean things? Do people do hurtful things? Yeah. But ideally you try to learn from it and you try to see your part in it and do better. That's what I've always done. And, you know, not all of my family members seem to, you know, want to, want to live that way. And that's okay. I just don't have to tolerate it. I don't have to confuse family for abuse. So whenever there's going to be something that's like insulting uh, or shameful, like the door is closed to that. That is not tolerated. I don't. I don't care who you are. I don't. I don't care if you donated genetics to me. You're not. You're not allowed to do that. Period. End of story. Yet, I'm always happy to open the door up. You know, when someone wants to come in a friendly way, out of love, support, trust communication that's that's always a basis for a good relationship i don't care i don't care you know where we come from doesn't matter you know what our previous relationships been or could be then hey let's let's talk let's get together let's figure out how we can support each other in growth so you know just because there's been behaviors that have happened in the past behaviors can change can always do different it's always possible because I believe that ultimately, deep down, we're just big bundles of love energy. <laughs> it's crazy that that might sound. That kind of all this, all this other shit that sometimes happens to us that we do to other people. That's not. That's not really who we are. That's not really who we are. And so there's there's a lot of stuff that my dad criticized that's in that's in this that you're about to hear. Because I bring up my vasectomy. He said, nobody wanted to hear that. And if you'll listen, the reason I bring it up is because that's the last voicemail that my mom left me before she died was concerning my vasectomy. So I don't care if nobody cares. That was important to me. And it had an important point about the relationship between me and my mother that I brought up. And so I want to share that with you. And I wanted to share that with the people that were there that day in person. It was, you know, very heartwarming to see how many people after so many years showed up to um, the city in Iowa near where my mom was born. So, you know, 70, 72 years ago. And people that went to high school with her came out and wanted to shake my hand. It was, it was beautiful. So, um, yeah. So um, I'm, I'm not going to be silenced. I'm going to do what I do. If I wanted to make money, there's, there's easier ways to make money. This is not an easy way to make money. What I'm, what I'm doing. I have, I have actually, uh, yet, yet to make money doing what I'm doing yet. It, the tide, the tide will be turning sooner because, um, 
yeah, I'm coming into my own, man. Um, like already people are, people are learning, people are getting helped, people are living fulfilling lives and, um, I've got some big stuff on the way. Um, so, uh, that, that's probably enough, enough setup. So without further ado, here is the recording of me talking at my mother's funeral. It's about the life you could be living versus the life you should be living. So get over that shame. No one owes you. No one owns you. You don't owe anybody anything for being born. All right. Enjoy. so soon that's probably what my mom thought <laughs> it's okay to laugh it's okay to cry <laughs> um, yeah because um, yeah like nobody knows what's going to happen or how it's going to happen then it happens and that's just beautiful that we can come together even if it's been months years decades um, I mean, just remember the times we shared with this person and the things we learned and maybe the things that we still want to learn while we're here, while we have this time together. Um, yeah, it was kind of funny when I, um, I heard, I heard the news and I kind of was like, I want to, I want to speak at the service and like, I know exactly what I wanted to wear, and I'm not, I'm from California, but I'm not, you know, the Hollywood type where I'm like, what am I going to wear on the runway? But I, I knew, I was like, I saw myself wearing this, this exact, this, this shirt I have with the white and the, the rainbow, and, and that I got in Mexico. Um, and I was like, oh, you should, you should wear black, or you should wear something muted. And um, I was like, but I feel like this represents more of my mom's life, um, both, uh, I'll share like a Mexico story and I'll share a Hawaii story concerning her. Um, cause I feel like a lot of my mom's life was kind of like that, that border of what should we be doing versus what could we be doing? Cause in a lot of ways, you know, being born in 1950 to a small farm, she checked like kind of all the boxes on the life she was supposed to be living you know, um, got married, had two kids, went to school to be a teacher, um, married till she died. Because <laughs> that's a successful marriage, right? That's <laughs> when somebody dies in the end. Um, but then she also showed a lot of ways of, you know, living the life that she could, the life she wanted to. Um, and so, um, and maybe... You know, she had some tough choices to make. And, you know, growing up with her, sometimes it was like, oh, I wish she would have made a better choice, but I wasn't in her shoes. So the, Mex- the Mexico story, um, I guess she had a cousin that lived in Mexico, Ensenada, and we all lived in Orange County, and we made a trip down to go visit her in Ensenada. I think we drove, I can't remember. I, th- I was about five, so I think Brittany would have been about two. Um, we were walking in downtown Ensenada, uh, among the shops and walking, and then all of a sudden, boom! 
giant explosion, and just a few few stores down, smoke starts billowing out of one of the shops. People start running. My mom and my sister, my dad, pick up my sister the stroller. They run, and I'm like, "Where are they going?" And some some nice Mexican man picks me up and takes me about a hundred yards to to safety. Um, and there's there's part of me where it's like, "Well, that sucked." <laughs> I got left. Um, but then the, the part of that was that, you know, she kind of she knew that I would be okay. And I feel like a lot of my life, she let me live my life because she knew I'd be okay. Somebody else was there to pick me up, and I was capable to walk and stand. And I'm here. I'm okay. And there were many other instances where there was kind of like that, where it was like, oh, Mom, why, why, why didn't you come, come pick me? And, but she kind of knew that. You know, I could take care of myself or be taken care of. And so I was very grateful for that, that gift that day and the many other, the many other gifts, um, where maybe I would have wanted something different, but from her perspective and from her love, uh, I got something else and some nice, maybe it ended up being better. Um, Hi, Justin Wink here. Did you know that I'm not only the host of this podcast, but also author of the best-selling book, Engineered to Love, Going Beyond Success to Fulfillment? May 5th marks the one-year anniversary of the book's launch, and to celebrate, we're doing something special. So if you're ready to move from a life of busyness to one of true balance and fulfillment, it's time to get the book. And since it came out on 5.5, we're offering an incredible 55% discount both on the paperback and the Kindle versions on Amazon. But wait, there's more. I'm also giving away a free sample chapter with guided audios that are perfect for anyone looking to bust through the busyness that holds them back. Just head over to engineeredtolove.com slash sample to download your free chapter and start your journey towards a more fulfilling life today. It's time to implement the change you've been seeking, not just dream about it. Join me in celebrating a year of transformation and kickstart your path to fulfillment. Remember, just visit engineeredtolove.com slash sample. Thanks for tuning in. And here's to transforming not only how we work, but how we live. Because true success means being fulfilled. Let's make this year even better than the last. And it was, um, you know, because... You know, both my mom and my dad, you know, from here in Iowa, but we lived in California, and so there's always just kind of like that that distance from everybody. It was a bit of a a bit of a challenge, but um, you know, she loved us very much, and in some ways, it was uh, beneficial to kind of see, you know, have uh, both my mom and my dad, you know, making that hard challenge to to go away. Probably very similar to, you know, I think many of us have, you know. Great grandparents that in the you know late 1800s, early 1900s, they left left Europe to come here, and just imagine how hard that was, and how hard it was for my mom and dad, you know, to move out to Hawaii and then eventually to Orange County, California, and but then that kind of enabled it to make it a little easier for me to do like my my journey and you know move out from Orange County and go all the way up to Northern California, which is about an hour and a half away, um, but just that. That, that she would live the life that she wanted. There was a lot of things that I was like, I wish she would have done it this way or that way, but in retrospect, I'm, I'm happy she did it her way. Um, so I got married about two years ago, three years ago, 
and then divorced only about a year and a half after. Um, and it was a destination wedding in Costa Rica. Um, and got a, got a travel agent, got everything set up, so I wanted to make it easy for, for her to make it. Um, but she was like, no, just not going to make it. And, um, you know, that, that kind of hurt, but then it was also in some ways she didn't want to go. She didn't want to travel or she didn't want to leave what was going on at home. Um, and often I'd, I'd ask her, like, oh, Mom, why do you want to be in this, this house in Orange County? It's, it's a giant house. It's four-bedroom. No, wait, six? It's six-bedroom, four-bathroom. I got the, the number of bathrooms and the bedroom mixed up. And it was, you know, mostly, you know, my mom living there. And I was like, why do you want to be in this big house? Like, all your family's in Iowa. You go back there. And she's like, I got my shops here. I got my doctors here. I just, I, I like it here. And... She did what she liked and did what she wanted. You know, she was started living the life that she could, not the life that she should. And um, you know, at times it was tough, but um, I respect it. And then she also it, it went both ways. Where I know I did a lot of things that maybe she didn't she didn't appreciate. I was going through my voicemails to hear what the most recent you know voicemail she would have left me because we didn't really talk all that often. Um, but it was it was in May. Um, it was after I got a vasectomy, and she. <laughs> She was like, why, why did you do that? Because usually she doesn't get very upset about anything after all these years. Um, and I was like, well, I just, I didn't want to have to worry about that. Um, and it can be reversed. And then she was like, oh, okay, all right, okay. <laughs> but I think even if I said, okay, no, this is permanent or whatever, I, she, I knew she still would have loved me. But it was just kind of that, that dance of, well, I, should, I shouldn't do something like that until I have kids. That's how I should, should do it. But I was like, well, I could get this done and I have to worry about it. And then um, I knew she still would, would love me, still does love me, even if I wasn't doing what maybe in the moment she felt like I should be doing. Um, and I think I'll uh, do one more story about, about Hawaii because um, it kind of involves a lot of the things that she, she loves because um, she really loved music. Uh, she really loved um like dancing. Um, yeah, I, think, I guess one of the last movies she went and saw was the movie Elvis, um, which had so much great music and so much beauty and sadness, too. Um, but, um, yeah, this is a story that happened before I was born, but I, um, I, d- I did an interview with her, so I, I think I have about like five hours of recordings of me and my mom taken in February of last year. Um, and so this is a story in, in Hawaii. Um, so this would have been, I don't know, a year, maybe a couple before I was born. And um, uh, it's been great getting to talk to people and hear stuff because I'm getting even more uh, flavor and color about, you know, my mom's life. Because um, Diane, Diane Wigdall, <laughs> I was like, oh, she's here. Because my mom would tell stories so, so often. I was just talking about how when um, the Beatles were, I think, on Ed Sullivan, and, um, you know, came on and it was just like, oh my gosh, this is something like never before seen. So my mom was telling me about one of the funnest nights in her entire life was when she was in Hawaii. Um, and my dad was on a, on a cruise, which is what they would refer to. You know, he's in the Marine Corps and would have to be stationed on a, like an aircraft carrier other ship for six months at a, at a time. Um, and then so my mom's just there in Hawaii and I guess the military wives kind of 
console each other, things like that. And I'd assume the thing that, you know, a good military wife should do is probably just sit at home and just be, you know, writing about, you know, dear husband, I miss you so much. And, but, but apparently, um, there was, there was some music concert or something. Um, she said it was mostly classical type music. Uh, and I went with a couple of the, the military wives and they had, they each had a bottle of wine. She said it was a small bottle. And I don't even know if that, that there was such a thing. She liked to minimize things. She said, had a, had a bottle of wine. It was just so much fun. And then these gentlemen, these British gentlemen, came up and started talking to them, and they were just so delightful and so much fun. And they, they wanted to try to get, get, the, get the wives to come with them to some, somewhere else. And um, she said, she, she said, well, I, I didn't do that. But one of, one of the other women did. I don't know what's true or what's not. But she said it was the best night, one of the best nights of her life. So close your ears, Dad. Your most. <laughs> but I just, it was just, you know, reminded me that, you know, so much she was just living the life that she could, the life that she wanted, the life that was fun. Um, and that even though there might have been times where I, I wished maybe things would have been different, in the end, I'm grateful for everything the way it was and is and how it is going to be, that we all kind of have this opportunity um, to maybe not do the thing that we should be doing, but maybe do the thing that we could be doing, the thing that lights us up, the thing that brings joy to us and to others. Um, so I guess if I'd ask anything, it's, you know, as we're maybe meeting and greeting and talking and, um, you know, we can st- still do the condolences thing, but maybe we can check and be like, what, what is it that you're, you're really enjoying about life or would like to be enjoying in your life? Um, and uh, a lot of times, sometimes the answer is going to be, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I like in life, and that's okay too. We can just have we just have fun um, finding out maybe what we want to want to enjoy in life. So maybe it's a little something that we can chat and enjoy. And I um, I kind of want to end with just reading something because I think I'll probably not be able to talk after I read this because like I I read it and just really yeah it'll be fine. Um, so this is from a, a poet, young young pueblo. Um, just kind of like really writes from the soul to the soul. Uh, sometimes the end is sudden and you are left without closure, heartbroken and unprepared for such a sharp change. For a while, you live with a mind that is half here and half full of regret, wondering, what if? For a while, Your heart only feels grief, and your mind only sees gray. And then life starts to call you back into its arena of possibility. It reminds you that all is not lost, and that even though a chapter ended, there is still a longer story to be told. With time and intention, wounds lose their heaviness. Healing fills the tough parts of your being and you awaken the light of love within yourself. In time, you will return fully into the precious now with a heart that feels refreshed and ready to move forward. Thank you. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, I hope you got something out of that uh, because re-listening to it, uh, I definitely felt, felt... felt feelings and I I'm there's a little bit where I'm like boy that was actually pretty pretty fucking good
So even though uh, my dad's not proud of me for it, he found a lot of things disappointing and disheartening and painful about it, I, I'm very proud of, of that. And I, I hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy something from it, please let me know. That'd be great to hear. So the way to contact me is coming up. And if there's anything that you'd like to you know, hear about and topics you'd like discussed, please also send those to me because I do want to make this a show where it's, you know, get to learn about me, but we're also addressing the issues that you really care about. So thanks so much. Do appreciate it. And um, yeah, uh, we're going to be getting back into the groove because uh, this is just, this is what, this is what I do. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of times it's like, I wish I could just, you know, head down, do, do what I was educated to do, but I'm just compelled to do this podcast, compelled to do my coaching, uh, compelled to do a lot of other stuff that, uh, it's, it's not easy, but it's fulfilling. So I wouldn't call this, I wouldn't call this hard work. I'd call it uh, satisfying effort that requires some discipline. So uh, thank you all for your support and listening and keep on listening and um, we'll be back soon.